before we even kick off the podcast, I just want to remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. This episode of the Hog Football Podcast is brought to you by Just Play. I'm sure most of you have heard of Just Play, but if you haven't, Just Play is it. It is the absolute best playbook tool out there. My favorite part about the Just Play diagram tool is that I can zoom in and get super detailed with our blocking and protection schemes. I can then save those schemes as favorites to use over and over again. Seriously, coaches, Just Play is a must-have for all head coaches, coordinators, and line coaches. Just Play has a new and exclusive offer for Hog Football Podcast listeners. Get My Just Play Pro for only $99. That's $81 off the normal price. Get this deal at JustPlaySolutions.com slash HogFB. The best playbook tool on the market at JustPlaySolutions.com slash HogFB. Don't wait, guys. This offer won't last. Hi, I'm Coach Tony Schiffman, and welcome to the Hog Football Podcast, where we talk all things football and all things offensive line. I've got a very special guest today with me. I've got Jamie Sumner. Uh, I'm going to call you Coach Sumner just because I call everybody Coach, so I hope that's okay. Um, No, that's fine. Okay, good. Uh, Coach Sumner is a uh, graduate of Wichita North High School before going to Coffeyville Community College in 1992 and 93, where he became a two-year starter, team captain, and All-American. Uh, after that, he went to the Ohio State University, where he became a 26-game starter at left guard, uh, played in a huge amount of games, um, helped Eddie George win the Heisman, uh, played next to some guy named Orlando Pace, um, <laughs> helped Eddie George gouge my fighting Illini for 314 yards um, and, and, and lots of other accolades um, before moving on to a couple stints in the NFL with the New York Giants and St. Louis Rams. Uh, coach uh, did coach at Coffeyville Community College in 2007 and 2013. Has always been around the game of football, working offensive line camps, uh, helping to coach, uh, you know, sons, his son, helping to coach uh, other sons, um, and then organizing the block party in June of 2019, which was a clinic for 31 coaches uh, from all levels in the state of Kansas. So uh, I- I'm really excited to have you on, Coach, uh, and looking forward to talking with you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, you know, first question I got to ask, and this is what I ask everybody, um, talk to me about how the offensive line played a part in the success of some of the really good teams you've been on. Well, you know, you mentioned it earlier. I mean, obviously the, the best example is 1995, uh, the Ohio State. You know, that team uh, was driven by the offensive line to have a running back uh, win the Heisman uh, quarterback that I think he threw for 32, 3,300 yards, which back then that was, you know, that was quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, All-American receiver, those kinds of things. I mean, we had to drive the bus. I mean, there was, you know, obviously Big Ten football. You mentioned it earlier. I mean, you're, you're fighting weather. You're fighting, you know, it's not, it's not a bunch of sunny and 68 type games. It's, right, right. It's bad, it's, it's bad weather. It's, you know, I think we played maybe – we played at Minnesota that year, you know, indoors. But so a bunch of it's, you know, you're fighting the elements. You're fighting um, – you're fighting things like that. And so – um, I think it's one of those things where if the offensive line is good, you know, you know, when, when the sledding gets tough, there's, there's something you can lean on. You can lean on, you know, back then it was ISO or it was power. Or it was, you know, toss, those kinds of things. Um, and we could get hard yardage and we could run the clock and we could do those kinds of things. And so 
Um, you know, I, I think usually, and you know this from coaching the position, a lot of times the offensive line is just the work pail guys. Right. You know? And that's a, that's a tired cliche, but that's the reality of it is, is the, the offensive line are the guys that they just show up and work and do their job and, and you know, go from there. Now it just so happens that on that example I used, I mean, we had one of the greatest offensive linemen to play the game. Right. Um, but you but you would have never known it. I mean, that's one of the things I can say about, you know, from Orlando on down, um, that's a humble group. That's a group that showed up and worked and, and practiced hard and went to meetings together and, and those kinds of things. And so um, I think if your team's going to be good, I, I don't – you'd be hard-pressed to show me an example of a, of a really good football team that had a bad offensive line. Now, you may not know – you know, obviously you may not know any of the names, but right. the offensive line was talented. And, and, you know, and you know this from coaching the position, you know, whether it's – you know, tough yardage, it's tough, you know, sticking together, it's no mental mistakes, it's, you know, those kinds of things, all that stuff plays a part in the team. And so, um, again, I just, I, I think you could, 1995 is the best example I have, but you, know, you go through great teams throughout college football history, and, and it's always, there's always a good offensive line. Right, I mean, absolutely. Just the way it is. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is, and it's, 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 it is a cliche, the lunch bill gang, but that's, that's great. You know, it's, you, you, we, we, we kind of, we thrive in our anonymity and, and, and really, and really work better when we're considered a group instead of just five individuals. So um, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, you know, you've, you've talked about your time at, at, at uh, junior college a little bit. Um, I've seen a couple of tweets you've, you've made here and there is, do you, do you think that that two part question, first part was, was junior college necessary for you? And do you think that that played um, a big role in you getting to Ohio State? Yeah, I mean, you know, the the, uh, the first part of it is, you know, I wasn't – coming out of high school, I wasn't – I wasn't mentally ready. I would right. have been – I would have been one of those one-semester guys and, and washed out if right. I would have went Division One straight out of school. I know that. Um, I think it – you know, I was actually – you know, when I was being recruited in high school, I was being recruited as a defensive lineman. And so what junior college taught me was is – you have to buy into this as an O-lineman and you have to buy into it 100%. There's no, you know, there's no sticking your toe in the water. You have to do a cannonball into it to be a good offensive lineman. And right. I think that was the big, you know, for me, that was the biggest thing is just junior college gave me the time to, to have a mindset of, okay, you know, the offensive linemen aren't big, slow, fat guys, like what we've all been taught, you know, throughout time. Right. Right. Um, so that was the first thing is just a mental switch. And then secondly, um, you know, my time in junior college, I played for my freshman year, I played for uh, an offensive line coach. He, he's a good man, and, but he was a defensive guy. He just took the, he took the offensive line job to have a job. And so he wasn't, you know, for as far as the, the technical aspects and making sure our technique was right, he didn't have a lot of that knowledge. My sophomore year, um, our head coach actually took it over. Um, he's the reason that I got recruited because he accepted nothing less than, you know, and back then, you know, if he wanted a six-inch step, you better take a six-inch step. If he wanted right. your hand on on the hip, it better be on the hip, you know. So there was an expectation that was established. Um, and, and just a um, – without Coach Foster, uh, Skip Foster, I, you know, I, I don't make it. I, I think I would have played college ball, obviously, but I don't think I would have made it to that level just because he ramped the expectations up so high and just – basically taught all of us what it was to be an offensive lineman. Hey, this is, you know, you're going to be nasty. You're going to be physical. You're going to be smart. You're not going to make mental errors, et cetera, et cetera. And um, without that, I don't think, I, I, I know for sure I don't end up at Ohio State. Right. And you, and that, sure. yeah. And that was one of the things that you actually had talked about was the, the mental readiness for it. Um, 
and that you you know you were mature enough at that age to realize you weren't ready for it and 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 you know you wanted to to make that transition and so I think you went that route and I think that's I think that's awesome because I think there are a lot of young men who maybe turn their nose up to it or 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 feel like they're ready right now and then you know they kind of do fizzle out and that's that's unfortunate for for guys um you know in the game well we've we've obviously you know as and not to get into not to get into the political side or anything right. like that but as a, as a culture I mean, I think we're, you know, we're a drive-through society, right? We want everything now. We don't want right. to go work. We don't want to go put the time in. And, and, you know, and at the same time, I think what I've always tried to tell kids is that, you know, I got really fortunate where, where I ended up. But at the same time, my goal was to just keep playing college football. Right. Um, and I, I've told the story before my freshman year, you know, I was asked for five schools that I wanted to go to. Well, of those five, two were Division One, um, two were uh, Division Two, and then I had an NAI school listed. I wanted to, I just wanted to play football. Right. Now it worked, you know, it obviously worked out, you know, on a grand scale and it worked out better than I could have ever imagined. But for me, I, you know, I could have went anywhere and that would have been my Ohio state. I mean, obviously Ohio state is special in itself, but I, I mean, I could have went to, um, you know, I, just to pick a school and I could have went there and that would have been my Ohio state or my Notre Dame or my, right. you know, whoever. So I, I think that's what gets lost in the deal is that it's, you know, Make make whatever school you end up at, make that your USC or your Miami or who, you know, whoever. I mean, just make that the best it can be and, and it'll turn out right. And so, yeah, you're right. It's it's sad when, when kids are, you know, they're like you said, they're just shut off to it. And it's like, man, that may not be the best fit for you, you know. Going right. to University of Texas out of high school may not be the best thing for you. And so, I don't know, but it's tough. It's obviously tough to to sell kids on that for sure. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean, you're exactly right. You know what's what's going to be best for you and in, in your long run experience, not what's going to give you. You know, and unfortunately, like you said, that's the generation, not what's going to give you the best clout and give you the best Twitter game and the most likes. You know, what's how about what's going to be good for your future? What's going to be good for your family? What's going to be good for for you as a, a human being? Um, and that Absolutely. sometimes gets overlooked. It does for sure, and it's you know it's. I, you know, obviously at, at my age now, it's easy to sit back and say, well, this is what, you know, I did and this is what I should have did and this, those kinds of things. But right. I'm not sure I was aware, you know, even at that, at that age, I probably wasn't aware of all the things that I should have been, but I knew enough to know, hey, this is a good fit, you know, education, you know, from an education standpoint, from an athletic standpoint, I kind of lucked into the best of both worlds. So, uh, and like I said, man, you know, it's easy for me to sit and, and, and say certain things because of how my path went, and how, how it worked out. But it wasn't, you know, it definitely wasn't all, it wasn't all easy, an easy road for sure. Right. Yeah. And I mean, usually the, the best results aren't, aren't on easy roads, which is, is, is kind of uh you know, that's a whole nother story unto itself, but. Um, Absolutely. You know, I, I got to ask about your time at Ohio State, um, just about kind of when you, when you got there and started going through things and kind of got, you know, did you realize number one, the success you guys were going to have that that season and number two did you know at that time just how good Orlando Pace was and would be um let's talk about the first one first I you know I think um my first year there you know we were a pretty good team but there had been some losses from you know guys going pro and, and some things like that and so we were really young up front um we were pretty good but we were just young um 
so the first year I was there, you know, I, I thought we'd be, I actually thought we would have won a couple more games and we probably should have than what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going into 95, we felt really good um, as a whole. I, I thought we would be really good. People in town, I think we're, we had lost Corey Stringer. We had lost a couple other people, um, Joey Galloway, some guys like that. So in town, I don't think they were as confident as what we were internally, but internally we felt really good, had some coaching, uh, some really good coaching changes, um, some people that came in that, that will just really brought a different level to us. Um, you know, and then as far as Orlando goes, I, you know, what people don't realize is, is, is he started from day one. I mean, that's not a, that's not like some media story. That's not some fairy tale. Like he legitimately right. from, from when camp opened, um, he was the starter because, and, and what's funny is that the kid that was in front of him um, that we went to spring together, he was having academic issues. And so Orlando was up. And so what you see, uh, I can tell you, you know, his freshman year playing, you mentioned Illinois, I mean, playing against Simeon Rice as a, as a true freshman, that, that should worry anybody. Right. And he had a great game. I mean, that's really, I thought he would be good. And we thought, you know, we saw, obviously saw some good things um, early, but um, that was really when I thought, man, he's got a chance to be really special. You know, the other thing is that gets lost in all this with Orlando, it, it, obviously his gold jacket, you know, speaks for itself and, and, you know, his career was what it was, but, you know, coming in that year, I mean, Corey Stringer was no slouch. I mean, you're talking about yeah. a, a, three, a three-time All-American, a top, you know, first-round draft pick, things like that. So, I mean, we kind of had a blueprint on one side and then Orlando on the other side. And so, it, you know, it's one of those things where just to see that level of, of offensive line play, uh, you know, I sat in meetings a lot of times with my mouth open just because <laughs> I was just like, holy cow, like I'm, you know, I, in my dreams, I do things like that, but I'm just not that talented. And so I think that's one of those things that, that Orlando, you know, the other thing is too, that gets lost in it is, is Orlando worked. Yeah. Know, Orlando was, Orlando did not, there was no shortcuts. There was no, you know, tapping out of stuff. He was, he was in the mix all the time and he wasn't afraid to compete. And so, you know, he's one of those guys that everything that came his way, he definitely, you know, he was, it was very deserved, but also he worked for it. And right. So, um, but yeah, he did some things. I mean, quite frankly, that that just to this day, I'm like, how did he do that? <laughs> you know, and, and I've watched a lot of offensive linemen since then, and I'm still, yeah. I'm just in shock because they're just, and obviously part of it, you know, it's just God given. I mean, he's he's six seven, three hundred thirty pounds, and moves like that. And that's some of that stuff you just can't teach. But there's some other things that he did that just, I mean, you know, like I said, my mouth was would just hang open because I'm like, that's you can't teach that, you can't coach that, and so yeah. He's, he's definitely special. Yeah, that's awesome. I, 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 so I will tell you this. One of the – my final question that I'll ask you at the end that we'll finish on is talking about kind of our, our own Mount, Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen. And I will tell you that um, Orlando Pace has been probably – he hasn't been mentioned by everybody, but he's probably been mentioned the most um, out of all the coaches I've talked to. I mean, I think probably I would say 60 to 75% of the coaches have, have mentioned him. So. You know, and, and wow. this is guys, yeah, this is guys from, you know, all all ages, all walks of life, all all experiences. So they all mention, you know, uh, not all, but, you know, 60 to 75% have mentioned him. So, sure. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Sure. Um, last, that's awesome. Yeah. Last question I got for you. I'm kind of, you know, I'm really curious about this, the, the block party that you did um, a year ago. And obviously with everything, you know, we're recording today on July, July 10th. Um, obviously, it, it wasn't able to happen, but. Um, talk to me kind of about how you 
you know, how you came about organizing that and, and um, you know, what your plan is for kind of moving forward in the future as we get back to uh, quote unquote normal times. Sure. Now, you know, here's what's funny is I went to, I'm sure you're familiar with, you know, J.R. Conrad and Mike and all have a, yep. have a group called the Trench Mafia. And a buddy of mine from Wichita, uh, Kelly C- Kelly John, he's a head football coach at Douglas High School in Kansas. We were just talking about getting together and, and hey, let's let's get together and go watch Trench Mafia some Saturday. And so we did. And we went down and watched what they do. And um, been fortunate to know JR and Micah for a long time. So that was cool to, to just see them in action and see what they do. Well, then we, afterwards we went to eat. And um, we, we kind of just talked about – man, you know, let's get together and just kind of talk through some of the things they were doing and talk about a few other things. And Kelly had some questions about certain plays and whatever. He just wanted some opinions. And so um, the more we talked about it, you know, I just thought, hey, if we're going to get together, let's get, you know, let's let's put it more than just me and you. Let's get some other people in. So um, Coach Fox from Mulvane High School was, was another person that was down that weekend. So we kind of all just talked about it. Well, then Kelly and I just decided, hey, look, if we're going to do this deal, let's do it full throttle, you know, let's, right. let's open it up to everybody. And so um, kind of, you know, the first, I think the first time I tweeted it out, I just said, Hey, would anybody be interested? You know, is anybody interested in doing something like this? Let's get together on a Saturday and, you know, you bring what you want to talk about and we'll, we'll just kind of do what offensive linemen do, right. You know, bouncing around and, and, and dissect it and everything else. And so right. the response was amazing. I mean, this, the response out of the box, I started getting direct messages. Um, you know, hey, I'd be interested. Do you need speakers? Do you need this? Do you need that? Um, and so next thing you know, that's that's really how it took off. Um, I, you know, I, it was one of those things where kind of talked to – I talked to – one of my sounding boards is Kyle Murphy. Uh, that's, you know, him and Blazer do the, the five is one training. Right. Um, I, I just bounced it off Kyle. I said, hey, you know, this is what I'm thinking about doing. Would you be interested in something like that? He's like, yeah, throw it out there. And so next thing you know, we had a graphic and we had, you know, some different things. And and everybody jumped on it, <laughs> excuse me. And it was, you know, it was a really neat deal. You had um, junior college guys got up and presented um, two of the premier uh, teams in, in that conference. Uh, Nate Haremza from Butler and, and Cody Oates from Coffeyville got up and spoke from the junior college perspective. Um, and then um, Coach Hansen from Sterling got up and spoke. Uh, we had a, a rack performance, which is a, a weight room management uh, software, got up and spoke. Uh, we had it at May South, which was um, May South, the head coach there, Brent Pfeiffer, is, is a, one, a former teammate of mine. Mm-hmm. And so, we, you know, we provided donuts and pizza and this and that. And, and next thing you know, it just took off. And so, um, you know, at the end, I think, I, I think, like I said, there was like 31, you know, 31 coaches total. There was probably, I don't know what the total breakdown was, but it, it was a good mix. You know, the majority was high school guys, um, but there was some college guys there, small college guys there. Um, and it just, man, what a great, you know, we, we, as, as only we could, you know, one of the things that was discussed was how to block power. That was one of the presentations, you know, how this is how we do it. Um, and then there was, you know, like I said, there was some other things, but yeah, just a, you know, an unbelievable deal that kind of came to pass and and really, you know, the thing is coaches, it took off. Um, it happened inside of about 10 days. I mean, as far as like from when the idea came about to when I posted it and everybody started, you know, RSVP on the deal it was about a 10-day deal and right it, it was more successful than I could have ever thought I was I was humbled and, and you know like I told those guys that day is I'm I love the game I love you know the position um it's it was for them 
I did it because I wanted to just sit there and, and geek out on O-line stuff and see how people are teaching. Now, I'm still involved. You know, I have a young son that plays a position. So I'm also, you know, getting ideas and things like that to help him. But um, I just like the position and love being around the game. And so that's really how it came to pass. You know, this year, obviously, it's, it's disappointing with what we had last year, the success we had with it, just the first year out of the box. Um, but look forward to doing it next year. And hopefully, you know, we can get more guys involved even than we had last year. But, yeah, a very, very neat experience for me to just, like I said, just kind of a, a Saturday afternoon conversation um, that took off. So, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. And it is, it is such a – for some reason, I don't know what it is about – about offensive line coaches and maybe we're just biased but it, it seems like for the most part and there are a couple that are exceptions but for the most part if you if you put 15 or 20 of us in a room it's going to be the chillest most laid-back conversation <laughs> about yeah. everything and it's you know and, it, yeah. and it's guys sharing information guys sharing here's what we do here's this drill here's that you know and just sure. just such great stuff whereas you know you unfortunately get some coaches in, in other positions where that are very kind of keep things close to the chest and 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 don't want to give out any any kind of information but it seems like offensive linemen are the first guys to be like oh yeah here check it out here's what we do here's here's our game here's our playbook here's our game plan here look at this so that's uh well that's yeah no absolutely and, and you know you, you bring it up one of the things that was funny was is I mentioned it earlier but you know the, the Coffeeville and Butler rivalry in junior college football is, is one of the it's like Ohio State, Michigan. I mean, it's a big rivalry, and the, both O line coaches were there, and and the stuff they were sharing, you know, it was like you know back in the day it would have been Cold War, right? We wouldn't have, we wouldn't have shared any any information back and forth, but you know it, it was a deal where, um, you know, Coach Oates talked about what he does, you know, at Coffeeville with the individual period. Uh, Coach Arimza got up and talked about, hey, this is how we recruit. This is what we look for for you know when I'm recruiting an offensive lineman. This is what I look for. So it was one of those things where, like, I, it was kind of surreal because I'm just like, man, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, A, we wouldn't be sitting here, but B, these guys wouldn't be sharing this kind of information. Right. It's, it's to your point of, man, that's just the offensive line mentality, and, and that's how, you know, that's how we've always worked together. So very, like I said, I'm looking forward to it. I Hopefully everyone still will be excited about it next year. But, yeah, just an amazing, um, amazing time. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's really cool that you guys were able to do that and, and – uh kind of get that and again like you said with kind of a little bump in the road but but hopefully things will get uh back to back to normal and you guys can have another great great uh clinic so that's awesome thanks um, appreciate that yeah last question and, and and like i said i already kind of gave you a briefing on this but um if you could put together a mount rushmore of offensive linemen um and and it can be anybody it can be guys you played with it can be guys you coached or it can be guys that you were just a fan of who would be on that five-man line Oh boy, I, I would say the 1995 Ohio State line. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, but, uh, hey, no. I've had I've had all different sorts of answers. So you you this is everyone is always kind of concerned, like, oh, well, this is is this the right answer? It this this question is made for for whatever you guys want to do. So if you, if that's sure. what you go with, you are one thousand percent. I'm not going to argue. I, I'll give that one B. That'll be the backup group. Okay. But I would say, you know, <laughs> honestly, that the. the the first five, I mean, that come to mind, you know, obviously Orlando, that's the homer pick and, and more than deserving. Um, well, I'm a big fan of Walter Jones. I thought he was amazing. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Ogden um, is another one. Um, golly, let me think who else. You know, I'm a big – obviously he's he's very young. 
Um, no, nah, I'm not going to say him yet. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to give him that. I'm a big Joe Staley fan as well. Okay. And then I would say Larry Allen. Yeah. That would probably be my, my group, um, which is obviously very tackle heavy. So, so somebody's, somebody's going to get their feelings hurt because they're going to have to move in the guard. That's, right. but... That's fine. <laughs> It'll be an athletic group. Yeah. Yeah, very much. But those, but, but I mean, truthfully, you think about it and, and we're in, we are in such a great renaissance of offensive linemen right now, but you, I mean, you can kind of, I mean, truthfully, you can kind of, of put back that sort of history and, and, you know, I hate to use the term sexiness, but um, to Orlando, I mean, people started to notice the offensive line a hell of a lot more when he started to do what he was doing at Ohio state. And oh, no question. And it just sort of has snowballed from him with, you know, all those guys you mentioned, you know, Ogden and Staley and, and, and Larry Allen. And I'm sure the young guy you were going to mention was probably Quentin Nelson, but um, all, all those guys, it's such a, the position is so much more, um, I don't want to say scrutinized, but it's so much more researched and watched now because of those guys. And, and it, you know, it makes our job that much better. Um, and it makes sure. it makes being an offensive lineman and offensive line coach that much more enjoyable and, and special. Uh, and and, and sure. I and I honestly think you can really tie it into to Orlando Pace and that, you know, the, the season when people voted for him for the Heisman and started talking about the pancake block and, and you know, I'm, you, you know, all of that. You, you know, you were part of it. So um, right. you know, I got to I got to really say thanks to you guys and and. Uh, and as a and as a an Illinois and a Michigan fan, that's tough to to the Ohio State. So, um, but yeah. So, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, Coach, do me a favor before we get you out of here. Uh, drop your Twitter handle and any other information you want the uh, listeners to know. It is just uh, Jamie Sumner. It's J A M I E. Don't don't put J A I M E. Um, and that's it. Yeah, hit me up on Twitter. I'm. I, I kind of go in spurts. I'm in, I'm in bursts. There's times where I'm pretty active and there's other times where I just kind of lurk. So, sure. um, but yeah, I would love, I'm always up to follow, you know, I like using Twitter as, as a type of therapy. I like laughs and, and those kinds of things. So um, yeah, anybody wants to follow, please do. And I'll follow back. So. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on and talking to me, man. This was great. Um, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys are doing well and staying safe and healthy and um, looking forward to talking to you more down the road. Okay, thanks a lot, Coach. I appreciate it. All right, take care. Take care. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you like and subscribe, and you can find previous episodes on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, or any other podcast platform.